Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Now in this episode, I wanted to change things up just a little bit and share some of my own salon stories. As a salon owner for 20 years and now someone who regularly coaches salon owners like you, offering support, advice, proven strategies to improve businesses, I've walked a mile in your shoes. And let me tell you, those shoes have some stories, some hilarious, some horrifying <laughs> Realize that these horror stories happen to everybody at some point. So let's laugh a little bit at the funny side of being a business owner and being an employer. When we go through hard times, it is rather easy to feel alone. Nobody else seems to understand what it's like to own a business and deal with all the challenges that we face. Our friends might wonder why we don't just get a job and avoid all of the hard work and the staff drama. But I want to assure you that I've been there and I know exactly what it's like. You're actually not alone. Dealing with inconsistent employees, staff dramas, client complaints, misbehaving teams, and even a bit of self-doubt, it makes us question ourselves. We might think it's hard to find good people and that we can easily start blaming ourselves first, right? However, it's a mistake to believe that Having a great team and running a successful business means that dramas and horrors, horror stories don't happen. It's simply part of the territory when employing humans. Now, the purpose of this episode is to let you know that you're not alone. Running a business and tough is tough and definitely not for the faint-hearted. The rewards can be plentiful. Personally, I'd never give it up. It's a bit like having kids. Freaking hard work, but you'd never give them back. Am I right? All we want is to provide a good place for good people to do good work, pay our team well, get paid ourselves well, and make our clients happy. However, instead of thinking that everything that's happening is about us, I want you to let you know that it does happen to all of us. The key then is how we respond to it and what we learn from each given situation. The only difference lies in our response and our ability to learn and improve. So let's learn from these stories. Let's have a little bit of a laugh. Let's commiserate, push through to the rewards that are waiting for us on the other side. Remember, we weren't born knowing how to employ people or run a team. It's a journey. So I was inspired to share these stories with you. Some of them are downright funny. Let's laugh together and let's keep driving towards success. All right, first, I want to start with a few recruitment stories, hiring and firing stories that are pretty funny. The first one I want to share is when I witnessed as a young salon owner, I had just opened my second store. I might have been 24 maybe. And my recruit, I kind of thought that she was probably a better hairdresser than I was. I was quite young. I'd done my apprenticeship in the, apprenticeship in the burbs. Here we were in the big city. 
and she was working for me. But I watched her steal money right out of the till and put it in her pocket. She thought I wasn't watching, clearly, but I was so unconfident. I was so shocked at what happened and not confident or even to know what to do. I let it happen right in front of me and I never did a thing about it. I've had several apprentices come for uh, recruitment interviews, you know, like we always did um, a phone interview and then we'd do an in-life, in-real-life application. You would come for half a day and do a work experience. (laughs) I've had about five of those situations where people would come for their in-real-life, in-salon experience type interview and they would leave to have some lunch and they never came back. I think sometimes, you know, people opt themselves out of the culture is not right. They opt themselves out. And instead of facing up and saying, look, this is not for me. I'm not going to waste the rest of my day. Young people, they don't know how to communicate that. And so they left at lunchtime and never came back. The first couple of times that happens, of course, I thought it was us. Something is wrong with us. But I realized that actually they were doing me a favor and opting themselves out. So I didn't have to say, no, this is not right for you. They thought that we were not right for them, and rightly so. All right, one of my front of house, really important busy role. We were a team of 20. Front of house was busy. And I remember one Saturday arriving at the front door. The team was always waiting there at about 20 to 9 around the door, and the key holder would have to come. It was my day off. She was the key holder. She was the key holder opening up. She didn't show up. And so at about quarter to 10 to, the team started to call me on the Saturday morning. Of course, I was lying in bed. Where is she? Who's going to open the salon? And so while I was getting dressed to come down, they were calling her. No answer, of course. Long story short, she was still tucked up in bed, snoring her head off as drunk as anything. We eventually got through to her at about 11 a.m., And she apologized profusely and came down to work, but she was still drunk. She was toasted. And so that was about 11 and about one o'clock. I sent her home to never come back to work again. Bless. Anyway, I had an interesting day on on the front desk. Let my, obviously my day off go, uh, but at least I was around to make sure that she didn't uh, make a worse scenario of what was already a terrible start to the day. (laughs) Uh, In terms of hiring and firing, I fired my best colorist. She was so technically skilled. She was my best technical colorist. She was the senior colorist at this point. We had, uh, she had been in an apprenticeship since she was, you know, right at the beginning and she had been head apprentice and She just was naughty. She was smart. She was a smart cookie. And the clients loved her. And she started to be on the floor. She was like what we called half and half. She was still colored, coloring for the senior uh, senior stylists and starting to take her own clients. Now, you you know what it's like when you've put two or three years into somebody and they're technically great and they're finally getting onto the floor and they're going to do their own clients. It's a tough call to fire them. But she was naughty. She would turn up late. She didn't follow the rules and she would go against the kind of stock standard culture. 
And the challenge that I had is that because she was so technically good and she was a lovely, smart girl, she would get away with the things. But at some point, you, I had to decide to step in and say, I can't let you get away with these things and not following the, quote unquote, this is how we do it here. Because if the rest of the team see you getting away with doing the things that you shouldn't be doing, it erodes the strength of the, the rules and uh, regulations that we have. I hate to use rules and regulations, but the systems and processes that we have. Because when I don't manage you or I don't, or I let you get away with things, the underlying message or the message between the lines is that the rules aren't important. And so I'm going to have to let you go. It was a tough call because she was technically great and she was about to make a lot of money <laughs> and pay back all of those years of training. But it was a sacrifice I had to make because the message to the team was now that if she, what's special about her, why is she getting away with it? And everybody else is working hard to do the right thing. And so I had to let her go. Tough day. Needless to say, she went on and got a law degree. She was a smart cookie. She got married. She had three kids and she's had a wonderful wife uh, life. She didn't marry a wife. She, she uh, had a wonderful life. Um, and it was obviously a moment in her young life. The lesson that I learned, and mostly kind of in my early 20s, that I missed at the beginning is your success of your team and the growth of your team comes down to your choices at recruitment. That's actually ultimately the success of your team comes down to who you employ in the first place. Yes, you need to be a great manager. Yes, you need to manage people well and develop them and grow them. But sometimes it's not enough. Hire the right people in the beginning. Tune into the red flags and hone in your intuition about the right people to employ and just don't employ the wrong ones at the beginning. I have to say that it's never a perfect science, but you need to do your best educated guess of getting it right and honing that intuition about recruiting the right the right people. All right, I want to share a couple of kind of team engaging with client horror stories now. When I was on maternity leave with my second baby, I was at home, I was still feeding, I wasn't back in the salon yet, but I got a call late at night from a client. I remember it was nine o'clock at night. She'd spent the evening down at the salon and she was a client I hadn't met, but she was referred from one of my salon owner friends. Clearly their salon wasn't able to look after them. Maybe they were fully booked. I'm really not quite sure. But she said, go down to Larissa's salon. They're great there. They'll look after you. She'd spent the evening with one of my executive stylists who'd been with me for a long time. She had grown, you know, and had promotion inside of our business. She was on the creative team of L'Oreal. She was technically a good stylist. And the phone rang at nine o'clock and she said, hi, Larissa, I'm a blonde I'm proud of my blonde hair, but I've walked out of your salon brown. What? Can you imagine my heart hit the floor? And I was like, what can I do? Here I am with this baby hanging off me literally while I answered the phone. I wasn't expecting a client. Uh, what am I going to do with this? Like, how do you deal with an irate client who is a normally a long blonde bob, very particular type of client? And she left my salon 
brown. Turns out, whoever mixed the color, I can't remember if it was the apprentice or it was the stylist now, whoever mixed the color, the wrong color was in the wrong box. And so when they thought they were mixing a nine-level blonde, they were mixing a four-level brown. I mean, like, honestly, this is like the worst nightmare ever. And then can you think of how to remove, gently remove the brown color out of foil weaves? When you've weaved those that brown in, it's hard to pick up the same strands and get that. And so we spent months trying to put her right. I mean, obviously, as soon as we had done the best that we could, she never, ever, ever came back. And I felt terrible. She was my friend's recommendation. Um, needless to say, uh, that was a terrible moment um, as a business owner. It's kind of like one of those worst moments that you can imagine. That's not the worst of it, though. When I was at the salon on a Monday, we used to open on a Monday, uh, but we wouldn't have clients. We would just do the stock take. I'd pay the wages. Someone would be at front desk. We were in a uh, high traffic area so people would come and buy all of their things so we would do a lot of the admin work and it would just be me or the manager and one other person up front of house and so I, it was my turn to be in the salon doing the stock take and all of the things and one other team member and we were busy coming and going and doing our business and I remember this because I had done the stock take in the morning and there were five pairs of GHDs uh, on the shelf and I chose not to reorder because it was like five is enough. I don't need to order any more right now. At three o'clock that afternoon, I just happened to glance at the retail shelf and there were zero GHDs. Somewhere between 11 a.m. and 3 p.m., five pairs of GHDs walked out my door on my shift. Needless to say that we looked at cameras, the, the cameras in the mall. Um, we had cameras at reception but it didn't capture just there was the small kind of window where it didn't capture people walking in straight to that side of the the camera was more pointing at reception thinking about the till and that type of stuff needless to say five pairs of ghds walked out my door on my shift <laughs> and not only that i didn't see who that was but i did see a client sitting at recept uh, at her chair while her stylist was uh, mixing her color, take the treatment that she had been recommended, take it off the bench and pop it quietly into her handbag and kind of just look around slightly awkwardly. I was with a client and my stylist was mixing her color and I had a decision to make. Am I going to make a big scene and a fuss uh, in front of everybody leave my client and deal with this or how do I deal with this and I have to say in that moment I decided not to deal with it um, and let it happen but just between you and me we put the cost of the product on her bill and just didn't tell her <laughs> my lesson of all of this is that people are sneaky and tough things happen to good people I was running a good business but shit happens anyway, even with all the best systems and processes in place. And I really just learned, don't be surprised at what humans will do when you're not looking or when they think you're not looking. All right. I want to tell a couple of stories around managing teams specifically. I've got a couple of goodies. In my early 20s, when I was still quite new at business, I employed two people that, unbeknownst to me at the time, had really serious mental health issues. Uh, 
Now, I know mental health is something serious that we need to take seriously, and it happens at all levels uh, of challenges. But in my early 20s, I was not even aware like we are today, let alone equipped to deal with two particular situations that happened. Luckily, at the, at, in the same business, but not at the same time. So I, the first one I recruited, I think she had shared with me at, at time of employment that she'd had some previous mental health issues, but she was really good now. And look, I'm a kind person. I think everybody deserves a chance. Uh, and she was well. And of course, I took her on board. But I think this is what happens often with people that are medicated, and I don't, I don't pro uh, propose to know. But she'd obviously thought that she was doing real, really well, and chose to come off her medication. And over time, bad things started to happen for her, and predominantly, she had voices that were talking to her, telling her to do bad things the signs to me were that she started to have conversations with herself as she was walking in and around the salon and at the first I didn't really pay too much attention because you know people can mutter or you kind of think about the formula that you're mixing and, and didn't really pay too much attention to it but one day she called in sick and and actually was off sick for two weeks and I went to visit her visit her at her house to kind of find out what was going on and she shared with me me that the voices were telling her to do harmful things to not only herself but to the clients and also the team and I had not realized and she had kind of been masking it reasonably well but she basically had to stop work to go back on deep medication to get back into a good place and I just felt for her and the situation but really was unaware of how terrible those things uh, were. The other situation was it was when uh, a team member actually went into hysteria and um, it happened over, progressed over a couple of days. She was away from home, first time left home. She was a young girl, had moved up to the big city and, and I suspect just not coping with the stress of moving, starting a new job, um, and I guess being a grown-up, you know, you have to live on your own. It's first time out of home. And she started to get a bit, just a little bit manic and hysterical. And she started coloring kids' hairs. People would walk out with mohawks, and she was just got a little bit wacky. And thankfully, her parents rang me and said, look, this is what's happening. We're going to come and get her and take her away. And uh, I felt for her, it, it was terrible. It was a little bit funny in the salon because she was doing some pretty wacky things. Um, but I had just spent all of this time getting her to be fully booked. I was a little bit devastated in the effort that you put into then suddenly for it to be taken away. I do take mental health seriously. And it, it really taught me to tune into the, the subtleties of what, think, what were going on what was going on for other people and my team members. Because when you're a fully booked stylist yourself, it's really hard to keep an eye on what everybody else is doing. I mean, how could these things start to happen right in front of my eyes and I only tuned into it reasonably late, you know? And both left me heading to, to a stay in the hospital. Needless to say, those are kind of the, the heaviest of situations. I did have a couple, uh, I did have one beautiful team member who had the best excuses in the world she had the funniest stories she too once she left me went on and had a really great career 
and became a midwife and did, you know, good things out there in the world. But when you employ young people, it's a funny time of life to employ late teens, early 20s, when people are just working out what's going to work for them in their lives. Anyway, I'll tell you some of the stories that she shared with me. While she was in her apprenticeship, she would go one day of the week to what we call here in New Zealand Polytech. You go and learn to how to be a hairdresser. It's your qualification and you come back four days into the salon one day at school. And she was supposed to hand in an assignment and <laughs> she didn't clearly do the assignment. And the reason that she gave was that she did the assignment, but um, the cat ate the homework. She'd left the homework on the table and there was something about a bird and the cat came and scratched all the homework and the cat ate the homework. Can you believe a grown human gave me that excuse of why she didn't do her homework? It's like, you are not seven, I'm not your mother. Needless to say, that was her story. She was, same girl, was late to work. She arrived at quarter past nine, client was at nine o'clock. Her excuse for being late and please uh, forgive what I'm about to say, is that her and her partner were doing the deed in the morning before work and she'd got her monthly and had made a big mess all in the house and all over the sheets and she was so embarrassed that she had to do the washing. Can you believe that she would come to work and give her employer a, a story as animated as that? That is not all. She rang one day to say that she was sick and I inquired, you know, how sick was she and why was she sick and all of those types of things. And she said, yesterday I cut my finger while I was cutting my client and today I'm vomiting. <laughs> I think I'm going to give her the award for the most uh, colourful excuses. <laughs> um, all right, I want to share two more stories. One employee, uh, she's got to take the cake. When she came to me, she was an adult apprentice. I was actually super duper happy that to have someone who was so willing to learn, I didn't have to teach the basics of a late teen, early 20 somebody. She'd learned a few life skills. She was awesome at serving clients. She was uh, open and willing to learn. She gave a great service. But over time, I actually suspect that her husband, her partner, got into her head and really pulled her down with what I would call the hard done by employee mindset. Everything was unfair and unjust. And she started to demand that the way that we do things no longer was fair or essentially suited her. And I remember saying to her that we had a, a meeting outside of the salon and I remember saying to her, I'll call her Jane. Jane, I feel like you've come into my house and you are now telling me that you don't like where the furniture is. And you're demanding that I move it. This is my house. Do you know, my thinking was like, I had been at this point 18, 19 years in business. And we had been doing a lot of the things a long time. Much longer than the time that she had come into my house to be part of it. You know, it's like, we've been doing it this way for 18 years. And you come in here and have the audacity to say that this is not fair and it shouldn't work, shouldn't be like this. I mean, this is my thinking, of course. Nobody else was complaining about the way that we were doing things, but she started to demand and throw her weight around. She felt justified that she had weight to throw around about how we did the things. But this is my house. I was always proud, I think, that I had never 
been taken by any staff member to anything legal, no mediation, no cases against me. But not long after she left my employment, I sold the business. Only to, I'm going to say two months later, get a letter from her with legal implications. Hey, are you loving this episode so far? Oh, by the way, it's Greta here, Salon Mastery Success Coach at Salon Owners Collective. So I wanted to pop in and ask you something. Do you ever feel like you are winging it when it comes to your business? You started your own business so that you could live the life you wanted with freedom that you wanted and great money and be a leader. But the reality is, the amount of effort you're putting in isn't giving you an equal reward. You're exhausted and you don't know what to do about it. No matter what you do, you just can't seem to get ahead. You see other people winning and seeing success, but how come it doesn't work for you? You wish you had a clear laid out plan, something to guide you in the right direction or help you with what to do next. What can you do that actually works? In reality, many salon owners feel this way, you aren't alone. If you are nodding your head as you listen to this, then you need the Salon Mastery proven nine-part plan to grow your salon. That's right, no more winging it. The Salon Mastery nine-part plan has given hundreds of salon owners a plan to grow, build a rockstar team, attract dream clients, and become a salon CEO. Our plan will work for you too. To uncover the nine-part proven plan, just click the apply now link in the show notes of this episode. Okay, now back to the episode. At the end of the day, I walked out and paid her $350, enough to replace her pair of GHGs, which she dropped. They were hers. She dropped them and they broke. And she wanted me to be liable for them. So I, I agreed to pay the balance of the GHDs. So three months of heartache, awakeness, stress at getting all the evidence to to set my case up for to justify or to defend I am a good employer I look after my people and I do right by people <laughs> three months I didn't sleep to walk out of there and pay $350 for his stupid pair of GHDs it was a really good lesson for me right one good people can go bad and can be influenced terribly by outside people but that ha actually had no reflection upon me Ultimately, these types of things, they come down to money. It's not about who's right or who's wrong. And so I think in the future, I would more quickly get to the point of like, well, what do you want? How much is it going to take to make you go away? So I want to tell you something funny. Years later, once I started my coaching program, she came and joined, joined one of my courses. Can you believe it? A little bit of redemption on my part, maybe. Right, let's end with a happy story. I'm sure there's a rule, don't date your clients. Well, I certainly told my team, don't date your clients. Well, actually, I married my client. So I started doing his, his whole family's hair when I was 17. I was still an apprentice. I could hardly cut hair, but I started cutting his mum. She brought the kids. And he was he's the same age as me. He was in similar social circles and he stuck with me all the way through all of the years from 17 we got together I think when I was 32 that's a long time to have a client I was cutting his hair the whole way through we were never single at the same time so it was never an option all of those years and I definitely friend zoned him for a long time <laughs> finally though the stars aligned we've been married now 
coming up 17 years. We have two wonderful kids and it is a happy story. But I still think I had a rule, please don't date your clients. Whoopsie, I think I broke that one. Needless to say, once we were married, two of my staff members dated two of his brothers. I'll save that story for another time. All right, as we wrap up, let's talk about some of our key takeaways. Some of these things that we talked about today as we wrap up are, first, we learned that your success at building your team comes down to who you employ. Uh, you won't get it right 100% of the time. That's okay. I mean, an interview process is a process and we really have to make our best educated guess. You only get a couple of shots at meeting somebody before you, quote unquote, have to get married to them. So you can't get it right 100% of the time. But listen to your gut. The three times that I kind of employed what I would call somebody safe all turned out to be the wrong choice in the end. So you have to tune into the the messages that you might not hear yourself knowing. I knew they were safe choices and they and didn't listen to it would probably be wrong in the long run, long run, right? So the message here is employ your humans for culture because you can teach skill. You cannot teach culture, work ethic, and all of the stuff that's underneath the iceberg. Then we shared some of the lessons around uh, even good people can go bad. And as long as you're doing your best to build people up, to grow them as humans, to give them technical skills, give them sales skills and all of those things, but you can't always be in control. It's not always about you. And finally, we learned that systems and processes was, will always do the heavy lifting for you, but they won't save you for everything. They won't save you from everything. All of these were situations that I've shared with you. Some are funny, but they were tough for me at times, you know, and even towards the end when I had been in business for a really long time, when the business was humming, we were growing and we were just thriving. The business was awesome, but we still had human issues. We, we're not immune to it. The difference is these three things. One is your mindset. Can you manage yourself in times of stress and adversity, adversity when things are going wrong for other people? And if your mindset is strong and you recognize that it's not always about you, you can do your best, but this too shall pass. That's all we can do is manage how we react to things. Number two is have good systems and processes in place because the majority of the time they'll do the heavy lifting when times are tough. And when we get emotional about things, systems and processes will keep things logical and practical and in the, in the right place and in the right order. And the last thing I want to say is that experience is everything. As you experience these things, don't give yourself a hard time. Just give yourself a pat on the back and say you survived. This was a lesson that you learned and makes you stronger for tomorrow. And so I want to thank you so much for hanging out with me today and talking about some of the funniest stories uh, in my business life and if you want some guidance or coaching to guide you in the right direction towards salon growth even during tough times with humans discover how to avoid winging it and throwing spaghetti at the wall and just you know hoping something will stick then get some support through the salon mastery program together salon mastery brings you a community of like-minded owners trying to grow and do better in business but together strategic planning and coaching support, you'll get a dedicated salon mastery coach to support you through your journey. 
strategies, tools, templates, and done-for-you business resources, all done, and a nine-part business plan to guide you along the way. All you need to do is click the Apply Now button in the show notes of this episode, and let's chat. Let's see if Seller Mastery is the right fit for you. Otherwise, thanks for joining me. Connect with you next week, same time, same place, on the podcast. Thanks for joining me on another episode of the podcast. Tune in every week as I reveal the latest insights and advice on what it takes to truly master your inner salon CEO and master your salon success. Subscribe to the Salon Owners Collective podcast on iTunes or Spotify or visit us online at www.salonownerscollective.com. But make sure to join me in my Facebook group for answers to common questions and much, much more. Thanks for listening and I look forward to tuning in with you again next week.